0: I can't remember what I was supposed to say. Has <laughs> a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers.
1: Mark Slareth, handsome a bitch get out here.
0: And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinkin' Truth Podcast.
1: Hey, welcome to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast, a divisional playoff round edition. Thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Core cool Water. Uh, Core cool water, perfectly balanced, pH level, 7.4. It's science, people. It makes you work better, makes you function better. All you have to do is take a look at me on television. <laughs> the picture-perfect male. That's what it really does.
0: Really? really?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really? Yeah. It'll make you look as handsome as me. Porcelain skin of a china doll, why? pH balanced, people. That's why. Skin Perfect. Every makeup artist I've ever worked with has said, your skin is glorious. That's what they've said. Exactly. Did it mean, though, Identical. From the beginning Glorious. of the season to the end, that top button up by your neck has been unbuttoned oh, okay. for the last three months. Yeah, but it's because I'm fat. <laughs> it doesn't mean that my skin isn't beautiful, Mike. <laughs> does not mean ah, that. I That's uh, the great folks over at CORE. Check them out. Uh, <laughs> CORE Water, the big blue cap. You can find it all over the place. 7-Eleven uh, and every other store, essentially, in America. That's CORE Water. You can find more out at hydratewithcore.com. Divisional weekend, the best weekend in sports. Isn't I love it? it. Love it. Two games Saturday, two on Sunday. Mm. You know, we're past the wild card games. We're past the pretenders. These are the teams, right? Yeah. Here exactly. Here we go. Here exactly. We go. So let's uh well let, let, let's start with the games on Saturday, right? You got uh, KC at home against Indianapolis. Now a little little background here. Okay. You and I do our, our radio show together uh in Denver. Right. And we have been willing to eat crow regarding Patrick Mahomes. All season long. But what's the one thing we said? Kansas City Chiefs are September darlings. We'll let you have your fun now. But let's see what happens in January when these guys typically choke. And they're going to be lugging into this game, Mark. 1-11 in their last 12 playoff games. Haven't won a home playoff game since Joe Montana was their quarterback. Joe Montana. I always thought if you coupled Montana with Barry Malinow, because they had that same kind of hair, it would be Joe Montana low. That Have is, you ever thought about that? That is freaking genius right Have you there. ever thought about no, it? No, but now I am, and right. I see it. I the, see it. Right? If the two of those guys had a kid together, Joe Montanalo, boom, mark it down. Um, yeah, that's not even their quarterback. It's not even their quarterback. Here's the thing, too. If I were the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, I wouldn't even talk about playoff history because you know everybody in Kansas City is talking about it, right? What did you say, 1-11 in 11 in their last 12 playoff games? 0-6 oh, in their last six home playoff games? I mean, they're awful in the playoffs. They're choke artists in the playoffs. That's what they do. And here's the thing. You know, I mean, very few people have experience from their, well, their last playoff team was last year, a different quarterback and stuff. But the bottom line is most of that history doesn't matter because you weren't around for that history. But here's the deal. Everybody talks about it. They explain it. The coaches say, hey, you know what, this isn't us. Like, here's the numbers, but that's not us. You know, there's only four guys on this team that have playoff, whatever it is, you know, whatever. I'm I'm just making up a figure. But less than 20% of the guys have any playoff experience in the loss last year to Tennessee. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. We're a different team. we got a different quarterback. we got different, you know, all this, that, and the other. And that's great. But here's what happens. All of a sudden, Indianapolis, one of the hottest teams in football comes in and let's say they're up by 7 in the third quarter. Now all of a sudden, your you know your sphincter, your sphincter, your s- sphincter starts to tighten. It's easy for me to say. Oh, sorry. Uh, so your sphincter starts to tighten and and the next thing you know, you're thinking about the playoff history of the Kansas City Chiefs and then you choke another one away. And let's face it, man, there's nobody better right now or hotter. Than the Colts, and they got great confidence. They absolutely dominated the line of, scrim- dominated the line of scrimmage against the uh, Houston Texans in their in their last playoff matchup. Quentin Nelson is—I'm um, telling you what—I, I love the guy. Earl Gray, he's just freaking teabagging people out there. <laughs> he is knocking dudes <laughs> on the ground, and then he's rubbing his nethers right across their face masks and go, "Get it, come get a taste." Yeah, that's why they call him Earl Gray. So I. I think there's a great chance that this Colts team comes into Kansas City based on their history, based on the way they're playing, based on rhythm of an offense. Here's one thing that always and now I've I've had the great, you know, I've had the the just the the great fortune of being a number 1 seed on multiple occasions. And I will tell you, usually and I've lost as a number 1 seed. Um Usually as a number one seed with that bye week, offense is based on rhythm, especially an Andy Reid offense. It's not based on let's line up and play snot-nosed football, right? It's let's run a bunch of jet sweeps, let's give them a bunch of eye candy, the illusion of complexity, east and west, let's move around and let's, you know, let's attack them in the passing game, right? And the passing game is a rhythmic thing and you can't simulate it through practice, and you take a week off, and sometimes it's really hard to get back into that rhythmic nature of offense. Now they've got some exceptional players, you know, the Cheetah on one end and Kelsey on the other. Almost my son-in-law for crying out loud. So, um, no, I would never have allowed that to happen. He's too much no of, chance. No, he's too much of a cheese ball. <laughs> Plus, he plays for the Chiefs for crying out loud. <laughs> I would never. Now, his brother Jason, yeah. the center, yeah, that would have worked for me. Like, he would have worked for me. Like, if my daughter would have dated Jason Kelsey, Kelsey, that would have worked. I'd be like, yeah, Jason Kelsey, O lineman, you know? But not Travis. Guy, yeah, you know, guy's guy, right? O lineman, salt of the earth, earth. You know, you can rely on him. You can count on him. Loyalty, one for all, all for one. Travis, no way. Come on. (laughs) You kidding me? He's a tight end. The other thing, too, about Indy is that Indy is built to – do some of the things that you figure you have to do against a high-powered offense, you know, play keep away, mm-hmm. run the ball, ball control, but they got a quarterback that if all of a sudden a shootout breaks out, guess what? He's like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Let's go. Right? So th- there's a balance to the Colts that, plus they play pretty good defense. I yeah. I, I think they're a better team than Kansas City, oh. but Kansas City's offense has an explosive <sighs> potential that maybe... Trump saw that? Well, I, I think that's what people are gonna be looking at. But I, I will I will say this. You watch you watch Indianapolis Colts play and they are a they're basically a buck cover two defense. The old Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Run your middle linebacker down the middle of the field, make it three deep kind of a, a three deep scenario. Um, roll up your corners, make your corners get involved in tackling, jam guys off the line of scrimmage. Um you know, make them beat you outside the numbers toward the sideline in the turkey hole—they call that um, that area—that's behind the corner in front of the safety. But they're going to make you complete passes. They're not going to give up anything deep. They're going to rally. They're a great tackling football team. They're going to make you beat them with patience and execution. And they're good enough up front, and they're good enough in their linebacking core underneath to really take away some of those intermediate and those short routes. I Like, this is an intriguing matchup. I think I'm going to go Indy. All right. Actually, that leads us into our money-making picks, too, by the way. Okay. Uh, brought to you by uh, the fine folks at Bud Light. The Money-Making Picks brought to you by the Bud Light folks. Uh, You know what? uh, uh, The Team Cans. I don't know if you've seen the Team Cans, but they're absolutely awesome. They've been partnering with us uh, on the Money-Maker Picks um, this entire season. And uh, I won the regular season. Uh, I had an outstanding regular season. Absolutely crushed, Mike. I didn't realize we were still doing it, but uh, if we're going to do it... Wait a minute, wait wait, a minute. You beat me by a half a game. Yes. One tie is the difference between the regular season and -hmm. now where it matters most, the playoffs... I went two one and one last week. You went one two and one. So I'm now ahead of you for the year. Well, no, 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 no. I won the regular season. It was like Chicago and Philadelphia. Chicago had a better team during the regular season, but you know, Parky misses a field goal that gets blocked, and the next thing you know, does Chicago get a move on? No, wow. they don't. Wow, Mr. Regular Season, you sound like a six and six. College team that gets to go to a bowl game. I am. The, Look at me! I, I had a great regular season. Right. I am the Chiefs <laughs> of picking games. Right. I'm just really. Good. I'm good in the regular season. I get in the playoffs and I shit in my pants. All right. So we got Indy plus five <laughs> over the Chiefs. The other Saturday game, the Rams. The uh-huh. McVeys. Excuse me. Not the Rams. The McVeys. But, so I get the five. I take Indy with the points. Yes. We what both are you, did. Are you doing? I'm taking Indy as well? Oh, copycat. Uh, sorry. Uh, I'd actually already written mine down before you oh, picked yours really? so. Oh. so we got uh, the Rams. Yes. Dallas. Yes. Okay. All right. Everything you just said about the Chiefs, Mm -hmm. rhythm offense, week off, Mm -hmm. does it hurt? Would you say the same thing about the Rams? The Rams, it's funny that you say that the Rams are built very much like the Chiefs in all the east-west motion stuff and all the different You know, everything comes off of a jet sweep, and you hand it to him, and then all of a sudden the jet sweep comes back. It's the same formation. You run a dive, and then it's the jet sweep, and you run a screen to it, and then it's jet sweep again, same formation, same motion, and then you run a screen to the other side, and then it's the same jet sweep thing, and you run some option kind of. You know, there's so many different variations off the same play. That's what makes Sean McVay really hard. But, but I will tell you this, when you watch at their core the Rams play, it's an 18-19 handoff downhill running game. Let Todd Gurley press one edge – Behind the tackle, kind of behind the tackle tight end, and then get him cut back inside. They're a run-first offense. Everything is based, having talked to Sean McVay during the season, having called a couple of games, he's like, everything is based off of, he goes, stink, everything's based off of what you guys ran in Denver back in the late 90s to win back-to-back championships. It's about running the football. They had a struggle late in the season, and their quarterback struggled when they quit running the ball because... Of Gurley had an injury and they lost Brown, their backup running back, who was a, I mean, he's just a battering ram and they really struggled. They got back on track when they hired CJ Anderson. He's been phenomenal for them. So I think this is a team predicates itself on toughness, predicates itself on running the ball and, and setting up play action off of that running game. Um, I I'm going to go, as much as I love Dallas on the lines of scrimmage, both offensive line of scrimmage and defensive line of scrimmage, um, I think they're outstanding. Um, I'm going to go, I think they're pretty evenly matched up. I'm going to go with the Rams in this game. I think the Rams win it. Yeah, I just think it's a problem with with Dallas. I think Dallas, in theory, should be able to run the ball. But at, at some point, you know, if the Rams load up to try to take away Zeke, does Dak have what it takes to, right. to beat you? It's like See, what I was saying about the Colts. Right. The Colts can play right. ball control, grind it out, but they also have a quarterback you know can torch you. Here's what I think about the Rams. I think the Rams, just historically through this year, the Rams are going to let you run the ball.
0: Mm-hmm. Gave
1: so, up about five yards per carry. Right, They're going to let you run it. They're going to let you run it. They're going to let you run it. But I think they're so explosive on the offensive side of the ball that they're going to let you put together can you put that uh, together 8 12 running plays in a row and you know or eight running plays and 12 plays in a row and score because we know offensively we're going to score and i think what they end up doing is let you run the ball play coverage let you run the ball let you run the ball let you run the ball and all of a sudden you find yourself down by 10 points and then you know what happens to you you quit running the ball on your own so they'll give up the five yards of carry, they'll quit running the ball, and then when they quit running the ball because you 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 have the ability as an offense to score, that's when they unleash the hounds, right? That's when Aaron Donald was his 20 and a half sacks, just goes eight bananas on you. That guy is incredible. He, to me, is my MVP. I mean, 20 and a half sacks from the inside position where he gets double teamed, what, I think it was 70 some odd percent of the time he's double teamed and he still led the most sacks from inside in the history of the National Football League. I'll put his 20 and a half sacks up against the 50 touchdowns that Patrick Mahomes play are through any day of the week the 50 the 50 touchdown passes it's happened several times in this league. Nobody's gotten 20 plus sacks from the inside position when he's getting double-teamed 70-plus percent of the time. Aaron Donald's the best football player in America. Um, I'll, I'll take the Rams on that. Uh, by the way, they're a seven-point favorite, so you still like the Rams minus seven? I don't I don't know. I'll take the Cowboys with the points. I think the Rams win, but I think it's a close game. Ah, we're in agreement again. I don't like that. Wait a minute. You're taking the Cowboys? I think the Cowboys keep it close. See, this is why I'm better than you. Okay, I'm going to switch to the Rams then to, to cover the seven. Ooh. Just so we have some disagreement. All right. Because I'm not afraid like you. I'm not afraid. i You are no, afraid. I've been writing I'll down. Do, hey, whatever you pick. Stink. I'll take the same thing. Oh, we're gonna have the same score. No, we gotta have some difference. We gotta have some. Di- That's why I'm, I'm ballsy. Um, ballsy. To Huff. You want to look? I've already written down all my picks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Whatever. See, here's the thing. I got. I. I. I got. I uh, you, uh, you uh, picked uh, first last time, <laughs> and I countered your picks, and I end up losing because I countered your picks. I'm supposed to pick first this time, and now you've already gone, Well, I wrote down my picks already. Yeah, but before. this is this is one of those things where we can we're not ballsy. We're not forced. Ballsy we're enough. not forced. We can ballsy. Oh jeez. All right, All right let's next. get to uh, Sunday, 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 Sunday. New England led by your boo, Tom Brady. Mm. Boy. They looked vulnerable all season long. They did. 11 and 5, mm-hmm. worst season since 2009. Ugh. Um, but they did go um, undefeated at home this year. Mm-hmm. And they had five losses, Mike, I believe, to five non playoff teams. But they're not on the road this week. They're at home. Mm-hmm. Where they have been 11 and 1 when they've had a bye at home. They have the bye. Mm hmm. But, boy, the Chargers look ready to go in there and pull off an upset, don't they? I think the Chargers are just a—all all the way around, the Chargers are a better football team. I think, you know, they're both their defensive ends, the way their defensive tackles played in the game against Baltimore, they just own the line of scrimmage. Both their defensive ends are athletic enough. I mean— I always think, come on, you're going to play the surf technique on the defensive end against those option teams. Not that the New England Patriots are going to run the option, but you're going to run that surf technique. That doesn't work. Like they actually played it exceptionally well. Um, they got a bunch of DBs that, that actually played linebacker last week. They they changed it up. I, I go back to, I think it was last year, I'm just kind of all these years running into my head, but I was just thinking about the film I studied on them last year, um, where New England, I think they went to – to uh los angeles to play the chargers new England beat them 21 to 13 but gus gus bradley their coordinator is a cover three comes from the seattle system so they're a a matchup cover three that's that's what they do right and where that where that defense gets vulnerable is um you run the corners off with your wide receivers you run them deep thirds they they got to take them it becomes man right they got to take them and then you get the edge defenders So you get a linebacker or a nickel guy, right? And he's got to go, he's got to play curl to flat. So the curl defender is basically dropping off to about a 12-yard depth. And they got them playing those curl flat defenders. They got the chargers a year ago. Their running backs in New England had 14 catches for 163 yards. And it was all just little swing passes essentially, right? And what made Seattle so good playing that defense is they had K.J. Wright and Cam Chancellor became the curl-flat defenders. And so, you know, they'd hit the curl, and then you toss the ball out there, and they'd meet the running back at the line of scrimmage, and they were tremendous open field tacklers. So, boom, it was over. And instead of getting that six, seven yards that you expect to get, it was like second down and two. And then all of a sudden they were able to take that stuff away from you. The, The Chargers have to make that adjustment on the defensive side of the ball. But I, I think they're a better football team, which here's the deal. You know my long-standing love affair with Tom Brady. It's legendary. I'm probably going to have to write a breakup letter. Whoa. Dear Tom, we've grown apart during the course of this season. It's not me. It's you. <laughs> You're just not playing well enough. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, I mean, that's the way it's going to be. Listen, it's been dump on Tom Brady this week that he's done. Mm-hmm. He's the worst quarterback left in in all of the the playoff teams. Certainly yeah. the AFC playoff teams. Right. And um, you know he's old and and the run is over. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That's here's the only thing I'm gonna kind of hold out. This has been my little tinfoil conspiracy. Okay, okay. Theory. Right, give it to me. This is the time of year Tom Brady cares about. He doesn't care about the regular season. He knows they're going to win their division. And I think he's been protecting himself throughout the course of the year. I think that there were games where he looked skittish, Mm -hmm. happy feet. He was getting rid of the ball before the rush even got there. Uh, He threw some really ill-advised throws, the interception against the Steelers. I think this is a guy who understands he only has so many hits that he can take. And if he's going to take him, he's going to take him in the playoffs. Right. And I think the guy that you saw that looked indecisive and quite honestly scared mm-hmm. at times during the regular season will be a guy that will stand in there, willing to take a hit, willing to deliver the football right. because it's the playoffs. So here's the deal. That's my theory. Okay. I, I you know I I appreciate that. Here's the deal. Like Tom Brady is maybe the world's most beautiful American, and. I think it goes back to that girl that you had just an unbelievable crush on, right? Like you're in high school and she is so smoking hot and you think she's beautiful and like you have built her up to be the greatest thing ever, right? And finally you get the courage like maybe to ask her out and she says yes and you're like, oh my God, this is gonna be the greatest thing ever. And you know, I mean, it, you've built her up to be a goddess. She's a goddess, Mike. Like Tom Brady's a goddess. She's a goddess. And then, you know what happens? You go in for that first kiss and you're like, I mean, you are like at attention, you know? I mean, things are great for you. Like <laughs> this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And then she has bad breath. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm I'm feeling like all of a sudden this love affair I built Tom Brady up to be my little goddess and, um, you think he started smoking? May- maybe he's got like smoker's simple breath. Simple chronic halitosis. <laughs> Boom. So uh, I love that. that. said, I'm taking. It's not I'm, me. I'm, it's you. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> that said, I'm taking the Chargers. Yeah, I'm taking I'm, the Chargers, too. I'm taking the charge What's the? Are we minus doing four? Minus four. Oh yeah. I I think they're gonna win, but I'm taking the Chargers. Uh, yeah, even if they don't win, it'll be it'll be that close. By the way, I, I love their receiving core. Doesn't get enough credit, but Keenan Allen sets the tone for yeah. them. Wide receiver, uh, Mike Williams is really good. I, I just think they've got um, an outstanding football team. My former teammate, Anthony Lynn, is coaching that football team, so I, I'm in there. New Orleans, Philadelphia. New Orleans looked a little iffy coming down the stretch. Philadelphia, they they think under Nick Foles, they're, mm-hmm. the magic is back. They got the double doink last week against Chicago. I mean, what about it? Can Philly keep this going, go into New Orleans and shock the Saints in the Dome? Well, I think here's the deal. I think that's one of the toughest places, having played there, um, you know, when when they were really good back in the late 80s, early 90s, um, that's one of the toughest places in football to play when the Saints are good. I mean, that's that's a nightmare. Um, I think one thing about Philly, man, their O-line, their, their bookends with Lane Johnson and... And Peters are just Jason Peters are just phenomenal. Um, so they're going to give you know they're going to give Nick Foles an opportunity to you know to push this ball down the football field. I just think offensively, you look at the Saints, their ability to push the ball, their ability to to you know with Alvin Kamara and the weapons they have, and and um, um, you know the receiving core they have with Drew Brees. I, I just think they're going to do enough with Michael Thomas and you know. Ted Ginn is a difference maker. He is I, a know, difference maker. He, he, by the he way. just he opens is. up the top of the, you know, the top of the coverage. I think they'll do enough, and and the Saints are interesting as well because we think of them as this high-powered passing game, but everything comes off the wide zone. They're very much like I talked about the Rams. I was with the Saints this summer, went to training camp, um, asked to to do some some work with the offensive line during the course of training camp, and they are. Um, They're a wide zone team, just like exactly what we ran in Denver. As a matter of fact, my offensive line coach in Denver, Alex Gibbs, is a consultant with him. He's out there right now. Um, He's been consulting them all season on the wide zone. That's what Sean wants to – wide zone, tight zone. That's what he wants to run, and all the play action, all the stuff comes off of that. So I think the Saints, although they they sputtered a little bit down the stretch, they had everything locked up in the South. I've got the Saints winning this game. Big number, minus eight that is a big number that's i'm taking philly of course you would even though you don't get a pick first you, he he takes philly what if i said i was taking philly then we agree and you wouldn't change your pick no. because you are i'm a man of conviction you're a nutless wonder <laughs> i will take i will take the saints to cover ooh okay yeah all right cuz cuz i have balls onions huevos. Okay. Clackers. All right. We'll see what happens. You went one, two, and one last week. Mm-hmm. I went two, one, and one. And I went with a bunch of underdogs last week, too. So <laughs> I'm going to do that again this week. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's how you operate. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, real quick, uh, for a chance to win uh, one of my fabulous clipping catches for my buddy um, and um, really cool landscaping stuff. You guys know. Anybody who listens to me on a regular basis knows that uh, I love landscaping. So um, here we go. Um We've got the little question mark, and I'll let you. I'll let you pick one of these. I'm giving you my uh, my Twitter feed. There's just a few of them. Just you know, kind of peruse uh, what you think you might like to ask me. All right, Um, and uh, we'll pick that winner. Well, uh, you know, we have a lot of Bronco fans that that listen to this podcast, Uh and this one comes in from Randy, who asks, "What did you think of the Broncos?" Kind of going against the norm this offseason and hiring Vic Fangio, a defensive guy. Yeah, I I love the fact that the Broncos actually didn't fall for the banana in the tailpipe, right? If you have some type of connection um, to the young college game or to Sean McVay, you automatically get to be a head coach. Like there's a bunch of guys who have called plays for one year or maybe not even called plays that are going to get an opportunity to be head coaches in this league because why? They're young and they know Sean McVay. Like I hope a little Sean McVay rubbed off on them. Like that guy, you know, that guy was around Sean McVay and they scr- they they bumped into each other accidentally in the shower and he got Sean McVay all over him. I love it. I want him. And, and Sean McVay is Why not have to be in the shower? You can bump into somebody in the hallway with – like short sleeve shirts on, and you can get a little McVeigh on you. Why'd you have to go you can get with the a lot shower? of McVeigh on you in the shower, though? <laughs> so, so about, I mean, the, the point being, the point being is how stupid is that? Like, Sean McVeigh is one of the most dynamic, one of the most unbelievable. Like, geez, the, he's the Energizer Bunny, and like, like, just because a guy worked with him doesn't mean you are getting the same guy doesn't mean he has the same football acumen as Sean McVeigh. So I you know to me I think it's I think it's stupid. The other thing that is stupid to me is because a guy is young, you think he communicates well with the young players. like you either have the ability to communicate and inspire people or you don't. Like you and I have been around uh, for several years we've been around um, Wade Phillips is there any have you ever seen anybody communicate better with his players and get more out of his players than than Wade Phillips got out of out of his defensive players they love him and he's 70 whatever years old he's been in the league longer than Sean McVay's been alive like here's what i know it, like everybody i talked to two general managers yesterday and everybody talks about, oh, we need a, you know, we need a creative play caller and we need a guy that uh, that revolutionizes football and da-da-da-da-da. And everybody runs the same crap. Everybody has the same system. They get everybody's film. So I can go, and I have the system, so I can go, I, I get it from a team that gives it to me. So I can say, okay, uh, let's say I'm an offensive coordinator. I want to see... In week 13, what everybody ran offensively out of 3-by-1 formations. And I can watch the Bears running 3-by-1s. I can watch us running 3-by-1s. I can watch Denver running 3-by-1s. I can watch Philly running 3 by one. I can watch every single team. And I can watch every single team's defense, how they defend a 3-by-1. Right? So all the routes are, are the same. There's nothing revolutionary. Everybody copies everybody else and it becomes easy. It used to take you two or three days to go through that stuff as a coach. Now you can do it in, in two or three hours. So it's completely eliminated the time. So everybody runs the same stuff. I call games every weekend. Nobody nobody's unique. They all everybody gets in a three by run. They, at three by one they run, all goes special. Everybody, now you may do it out of different personnel groupings and different, you know, but everybody, you may motion to the three-by-one, but your running all goes special. Everybody does it, 100%. Everybody gets in a bunch formation, regardless of what the personnel is, and they run one up, one out, one in. Like every, it's what everybody runs. And so none of that's unique. The general manager that I talked to said what makes it unique is your ability as a coach to diagnose how the defense is playing you, and in those route combinations, make a subtle adjustment. So one in first quarter you run it this way, you know they're gonna play it the next time you run it in that same way, you get in the same formation, you get in the same personnel grouping, and now you adjust the route. You know, understanding what the way they're gonna play it. Um and the other thing they told me was it really comes down to play action. There's a lot of teams that their running game doesn't mesh with what their play action game is set up to run. And so there's not enough deceptives. So you've got to be deceptive in that Like I I look at Andy Reid, what he does in his brilliance is not that he's running different plays. No, it's that he's giving you a formation and a motion and he's giving you five different looks like five different plays all out of the same look. So let's say he lines up and he runs a jet sweep motion. First thing, it's a dive. And then he lines up in the jet sweep motion. The next thing, it's a screen. And then it's a screen the opposite way. And then it's an option. And then but it's it's. It's the same play, but it's five different things. Like that's that's really that's really the kind of quote unquote genius. And uh, Andy Reid's in his sixties. He communicates well, and he knows exactly what he's doing. I, I I just don't buy into this. Hey, let's get a really young guy because he'll communicate well, and you know he's an up and comer. I I just think that's stupid. Old school still works. Oh no, question. Well, who won? Like to me, who won a wild card weekend? A team that whipped the other team's ass on line of scrimmage won every single one of the games, did they not? That's old school, and that's what works. All right, congratulations to Randy. Um, I'm going to hit you up, Randy, and uh, and send you a clip and catch. And um, other than that, man, uh, you know what? Should be fun weekend. Lots to talk about next week. It should be great. Lots to talk about next week. We'll be back with you on Monday to kind of wrap this thing up and see if Mike uh, grew a set of nuts uh, for everybody involved in the Stinking Truth. It's called conviction. Yes, everybody involved in the Stinking Truth uh, podcast for Bud Light for our great folks over there at Core Water. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back with you next week.
0: The Stinking Truth podcast presented by Core Water. Subscribe to the Stinkin' Truth podcast via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and plenty of other podcast platforms.